seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. no telling how it had happened or what had happened. The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel had been on an espionage mission in France that was completed without incident. But when we reached our rendezvous near Calais to return to England, Tony Dewhurst was missing. We waited for one day and two, but by nightfall of the third day, we were faced with a cold realization that Tony was not coming. Something must have happened to him, Blakely. I know, Harding. Where did you say you'd seen him last? In Marseille. Just as we'd finished mapping the harbor defenses. Did you leave Marseille together? No. Why not? Well, it was Tony's idea. I took a duplicate plan of the fortifications and we separated. He said if one of us got caught, the other might get through with the information. But you'd had no trouble up to that point? Not a bit. Oh, of course, there there was that girl. What girl? Colette. It was her father's fishing boat we rented to get around in the harbor. Did she seem to suspect anything? No, but she was rather smitten with Tony, I thought, and... Well... Yes, go on. Well, she knew... When we were leaving, she didn't like it. A thousand things might have happened to him. Well, let me go back to Marseille, Blakeney. I no. Can... The information we've procured must get to the British Admiralty. You and the others go home. I'll go back to Marseille myself. But I'll know better where to look and... And they may be looking for you. Now, please, Harding, do as I say. Better drag that longboat out and launch it, men. We're not waiting any longer. That, uh, that girl, Colette. What was her last name? Dubois. And the name of the boat we used was Reina de la Mer. The sea fox. Oh, I'll find it. If only you'd let me... No, Harding. You know how close Tony and I have always been. You could be walking into a trap. If he's been captured, they may be waiting for somebody to come for him. Which is precisely why I must go alone, Harding. If I don't come back, the League will need a new leader. The road to Marseille was a long one. Days of hard riding through enemy territory. And I decided on a gamble. I shed my French disguise and posed as an American. It was a pose I maintained when I reached Marseille and started to comb the waterfront, looking for the sea fox. I found her, finally, moored to a small and rotten pier. Hello? Anybody aboard? Bonjour, monsieur. Something I can do for you? I understand this boat is for rent. You are mistaken. This is a French boat. That doesn't mean it's for rent. It is not for rent. The English. How come you here? <laughs> How would an Englishman come here, old man? If I were English, I'd be running away in one of your dungeons. Or searching for my head at the feet of Madame la Guillotine. I'm an American. American, eh? And what need has an American for my boat? To fish, to enjoy the sea. There are other vessels about, but... Um... Well, look here. A French comrade told me of this one. He and another comrade made use of it about ten days ago. Uh, those two. Man, your price, old man. You will have to talk to my daughter, monsieur. Ah, yes, yes. Your, your, your daughter? Mademoiselle Colette, isn't it? You are well informed, monsieur. I'll be better informed if you tell me where to find her. You are familiar with the Cathedral of Notre Dame de la Garde? Yeah. Behind the Cathedral is a cemetery. You will find her there. Why, you mean she's... she's dead? No, monsieur. She merely visits one of the dead. 
the grave of one of your French comrades who rented this boat. I could feel the blood drain from my face, and my knuckles whitened while I grasped the rigging of the boat. Tony Dewhurst dead. Tony lying in a strange grave in an alien land. I made my way through the city in a daze until I came to the cemetery behind the cathedral. There was a girl there, standing alone in the dusk. You seek something, monsieur? Your name is Colette? Oui. Your father told me I'd find you here. I... I'm an American. I'd, uh, I'd like to rent your boat. It is an unlucky boat, monsieur. The man who lies here and can no longer speak would tell you that. It was the, the comrade of this one who, who told me of the boat. How did he die? He was attempting to escape from some soldiers, monsieur. He succeeded, but he died later of wounds. My father and I had him buried here. You were in love with him? Oui. He was beautiful, monsieur. I myself bathed his face. It was so serene and peaceful. The soldiers came, but there was nothing more they could do to him. They came and watched us bury him. She looked up at me, her eyes void of all emotion. But somewhere deep inside of her, I saw a flicker of appraisal. And suddenly, I knew she was lying. She said she had bathed his face, and Tony had been wearing makeup to disguise his features. You do not want my boat, monsieur. Ah, but I do, mademoiselle, more than ever. It will not be lucky, monsieur. You will regret it. That's something I'll discover for myself. In time... Here's your money, mademoiselle. More than enough. Yes, more than enough. Gold is all-powerful, is it not, monsieur? I will walk back with you. Did the, um, did the man you buried say anything before he died about himself or his comrades? No, monsieur, nothing. What sort of trouble was he in with the soldiers? I do not know. But whatever it was, it is ended now. Forever. Is it? If it is, why are we being followed by those two soldiers who are outside the gate? I cannot imagine, monsieur, unless it has something to do with you. Are you? I do not answer questions, monsieur. I only rent boats. The man who lies dead back there happened to be a friend of mine. Was he, monsieur? Then perhaps you will share his fate. It was well after dark when we got back to the waterfront. And with every step, I was aware of the soldiers somewhere in the shadows behind us. Colette and her father turned the boat over to me. I climbed into a bunk and tried to sleep. But sleep would not come. There was something wrong. Something too secretive about Tony's death. Common sense told me to slip away quickly into the night. But something instinctive told me to stay. Finally, drowsiness came. But it seemed that I'd only slept for an instant before I was awakened sharply by something against my ribs. Wake up. What? Oh, what are you doing here, soldier? Sergeant, if you please. And I will ask the question. Your nationality? American. American, huh? What brings you to Marseille? I'm a businessman, monsieur. Promise a great trade between your country and mine. And so you take up your quarters on the fishing boat, huh? That's so difficult to understand. Man must have quarters someplace. I prefer a hotel, but I'm not found a concierge's. Charming, eh? <laughs> as Mademoiselle Colette Dubois. I winked 
knowingly and waited. My reason was flimsy, but it was the sort of reason that might have a romantic appeal to the French. His expression didn't change, but when he spoke again, his voice was not quite as forceful and certain. Your papers are in order? Yeah. You wish to see them? Yeah. No, but my comrade officers will. Dress yourself and come at once with me. But now, in the middle of the night? That's ridiculous. You will find it more ridiculous not to do so. And more uncomfortable. If you force me to call my guards. Guards? The two who were watching you this afternoon, monsieur. You did not see them? Why? I thought they were following Mademoiselle Colette. Oh, Mademoiselle Colette and anyone with whom she comes in contact. <laughs> Especially foreigners who show undue interest in a certain grave at the cemetery. You showed interest, monsieur. In the grave of a Frenchman? man I'd never known or seen? You met the girl there. But her father told me where to find her. And you had no contact with her before that time? Never seen her before. No? Then how did you know that she was more charming than a hotel concierge, monsieur? He was keener than he looked. And I'd made a mistake. His hands tightened on the gun he held, and his eyes went cold and flat. Now get dressed, monsieur. Perhaps you are too big a prize for my comrade officers. Perhaps you should be taken directly to citizen Chauvelin himself. Chauvelin? Who? Was Mr. Chauvelin here in Marseille? Do not be so concerned, monsieur. After all, you are an American. Citizen Chauvelin is most particularly interested in the English, especially one who calls himself the Scarlet Pimparel. Now put those clothes on, monsieur. All right. You step aside, my... My shoes are under the bunk there. He stepped on one side, raising his gun slightly, and automatically looking down as I stooped over. I swung hard at the pit of his stomach and heard him grunt. His face purpled as he struggled for breath and his nerveless fingers relaxed on the gun. I hit him again on the side of the jaw and he fell across the bunk. But the butt of his gun hit the floor and the impact discharged it. And a moment later, I heard the sound of running feet from the dock and the excited voices of the guards. Sergeant. Citizen Sergeant. I had to answer them before their gun butts came crashing against the door. I prayed that I would be able to imitate the voice of the sergeant. And I answered them. Do not waste time. One of you go for the doctor. The other summon Citizen Chauvelin at once. At once, or I have your head. Oui, 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 oui. Come on, Sergeant. Come, Jack. You have the Sergeant. Even as they ran off, I was stripping the Sergeant of his uniform. My American disguise was no good now. It was about as dangerous as my American action. I had to get away. The uniform might get me out of Marseille and out into the country, where I could make a run for Calais and a channel crossing. I completed the change, put out the lantern, and stepped outside on the deck. Uh, Mademoiselle Colette? I I said, stand. I know how to use this gun, and if I miss, my father stands behind you with another. Father. Uh, Tie his hands behind him. There's no risk, daughter. There is a better way than tying him. There's no need. A way that will also steal his mouth. Now, we shall have no trouble finding out whether or not this be the Scarlet Pimpernel, huh?
regain consciousness slowly with a roaring in my ears, like a swimmer struggling towards the surface from an enormous depth and breaking into the air. There was a single lantern lighting a barren room, and the old man named Dubois sat on a small stool, the gun in his hand, not three feet from my temple. I wondered, what should I do? Attempt to continue my bogus American accent? Try my double bluff as the French sergeant? No. My bluff had been called. Listen. Those are the steps of doom, monsieur. In a moment, the door will open. And there will be a man who will know, or not know, your face. And that will decide whether you live or die. The door opened, and I turned my head to look into the triumphant eyes of Citizen Chauvelin, but it wasn't Chauvelin. It was Tony Dewhurst. Tony, risen from the dead. He stood pale and feverish, supported by Colette Dubois. Make me. Make me. It's you. This man? It's really the Pimpernel? Yes. A thousand pardons, monsieur. Oh, let me help you up. Oh, that's fair enough, since it was you who knocked me down. But but I did not know. We overheard your fight with the sergeant aboard the boat. We thought it was a trick to gain our confidence. A trick? She's telling the truth, Blakeney. The French suspect I'm still alive. They, they've sent out other friends to pretend they've come to help me. I, I, oh, oh, you are too weak. You must sit down, Tony. Papa, help me with you. Yeah, I'll take him. Get that stool. Now, what happened to you? I was shot twice. My shoulder and my side. It hadn't been collected. Well, I can see that, but the man in the graveyard, the one you buried, who is he? We do not know. What? She speaks the truth, monsieur. He was a seaman who had been in a brawl in one of the inns. I found him dying on the docks the same night your friend came to us for refuge. The soldiers who were after me had, had never seen me close up like this. So when Dubois found this man dying, they, they, they took him in and moved me to a hiding place. By the time the soldiers came, the other chap had died. The soldiers were suspicious, though. They started to follow me. That is why I went every day to the graveyard. I see. But what put them on you in the first place, Tony? I was challenged by a sentry when I tried to leave Marseille. I, I showed him my papers, but he insisted on searching me. He found my copy of the harbor defense plans. Well, that's when the chase started. And that sentry saw you close to? Yes. But I killed him getting away. The ones who managed to hit me never got closer than 30 or 40 yards away at night. Come, let's have a look at your wounds. Of course, when they checked up, they found out that two men had been using the sea fox. I suppose they figured that my companion might come back to look for me or find out what had happened to me. We knew it had to be that. Our suspicion that Tony was not dead when they started to follow me. Then there was a rumor that Citizen Chauvelin had come here from Paris. I see. What made you and your daughter protect him after you realized he was an English spy, Monsieur Dubois? Two reasons, Monsieur. One, my daughter is in love with him. Papa. And the second, and most important, because I love my country. I do not love the evil men who have come to rule it. Losing this war with the English is the only power that can destroy them. <laughs> and then La Belle France may be our own again, if you are generous when you have beaten us. Is that strange to you, Monsieur? That an old man sees and defeats the only hope for true victory. No, monsieur. And uh, if the same situation should arise someday in my own country, 
Well, I only hope that my love will be as strong as yours. Now, Tony and I must get back to England. And uh, you must come with us. We cannot. If there's a way for one, there's a way for all. We cannot leave, monsieur. We cannot go to England. Oh. I see. Well, maybe you see, Blakeney, but I don't. You've got to come, Colette. No. Instead of telling her, Tony, try um, asking her. Well, good heavens, girl. Don't you know what I mean? Colette. Darling. Oh, oh Tony. Ah, well, now that we have a little international understanding, Papa Dubois, we'd uh, better make some plans, eh? <laughs> if we can get those two back into our world again. Oh, <laughs> I am in your world more so than you are. How are we going to leave when Tony cannot travel? Your boat could get us to Genoa comfortably, Papa Dubois. But the boat is being watched. By now it will be surrounded by soldiers. Even Citizen Chauvelin will be there. But not for long, mademoiselle. Not after I've spoken to him. Spoken to him? You mean you will go to see him? <laughs> Why not? Chauvelin and I are old friends, aren't we, Tony? Uh, he won't be easy to trick Blakeney. Not anymore. What disguise will you use? Well, if none of you object... I think I'll masquerade this time as, um, Papa Dubois. As me? But, monsieur, I am a much older man, bearded, stooped with my ears. I can imitate your movements, make my face up so you wouldn't know it from your own. But what of my voice? How is this? Pose as me? But, monsieur, I, I am a much older man. Sacrebleu. <laughs> he is bewitched. <laughs> Not at all, Papa Dubois. Now, you and I change clothes quickly, and I'll make up. Oui. You'd better shave off your beard after I leave, so you will not seem too conspicuous in the sergeant's uniform. Very well. With my plan, I hope to get them away from the boat. If I succeed, I will cast off and make for the jetty at the end of the quay. Head for there about, uh, about an hour after I leave here, and I'll pick you up. Mm. Here are my trousers, monsieur. I have very tiny feet for a man of my size. Can you shrink yours to fit my shoes? <laughs> no. Keep yours and I'll keep these boots. Our shoes will not matter so long as my face seems to be yours. Imitating the slow, shuffling walk of Papa Dubois, I made for the berth of the sea fox. The docks swarmed with soldiers. The sergeant I had knocked out was standing disconsolately in a borrowed greatcoat while a silent chauvelin glared at him. I quickened my pace to an odd old man's run and called. Citizen Chauvelin! A citizen! Who is this? Who is that? The old traitor who owns the boat. You dare to come into my presence, old one? Very well. You save us the trouble of seeking you for the guillotine. The guillotine? Me? For what reason? For renting your boat to the Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet Pimpernel? Do not pretend you did not know. I only know what I come to tell you. That an Englishman deceived me by calling himself an American. And he has now made off with my daughter. Uh, that is the girl we were following, said it. Where did they go? Uh, if I tell you, you must spare my daughter and myself. Oh, she's a foolish, headstrong girl. I will know who to spare when I have taken the pimpernel. Where did they go? They left Marseille almost two hours ago. After he tricked me here. Shut up. How did they leave? Where did they go? To X. Uh, he said something about a, a dozen men waiting there for him. So... More than half the league is with him. Let me lead a platoon after them, citizen. I have a score to settle with that one. You will leave nothing, you fool. I will not risk another escape. I will head the pursuit myself. Men, get horses. Rendezvous on the street in five minutes. All but you two. Stay here with this idiot fashion of yours. Why must we stay here, citizen? Because I say so. 
continue to watch the boat. And at least you should be able to cut this old man. So that Madame Guillotine will not go completely angry if the others get away. We will reach X by sunrise. Chauvelin left for the main body of the soldiers. But I still had three men to contend with. The sergeant put his hand out and shoved me toward the gangplank. We can wait as well on board, hold one. You men come too. Is there any wine on board, old one? Oh, I do not know. The foreigners may have used it all. Oh, but I will be happy to buy your soldiers a drink at the tavern. And they can bring back a flagon for us, sir. Huh? Oh, <laughs> they can. You would like that, no? Something was wrong. Something sudden and deadly in his voice. But he was not looking at me. He was staring down at my feet. And suddenly I knew he had recognized his own boots. The boots I had taken from him. You made another mistake, didn't you, Monsieur Pimpernel? You forgot to change your shoes this time. Pimpernel! Yes, the Pimpernel. Now I'll show Citizen Chauvelin who's the bigger fool. Seize him! The three of them were upon me like animals. I lashed out with both fists and felt them hit. But my own head ached with a fury of heavy blows. I managed to back to the door, reach back to open it. But it came open before my hand touched the knob, and I heard a voice at my back. All right, Blakey, let's take off. Harding, where did you? Your man's fight. All right, but don't, don't touch the sergeant. He's mine. Oh, one down. Even up now. Now, here's my full attention, comrade. Sergeant. Only in your dreams, sergeant. Only in your dreams. There. Need any help with that last one, Harding? No. Thanks. Beg me. Tell me about... About Tony. Is he wounded? But all right. Oh. He's waiting with Dubois. Colette, at the end of the jetty to be picked up. We're heading for Genoa. How about these soldiers? Lock them in here for now while we get underway. All right. They'll make strong and unwilling hands for us later. Come on. You. You disobeyed me by coming back here. Not that I'm ungrateful. I got our men across the channel, but I had to come back. I was hiding in the shadows under the pier when you came up and spoke to Chauvelin. How'd you know it was me? But not Papa Dubois. I didn't know until you said something about a dozen members of the League of Aches. I knew they weren't. <laughs> Good man. Well, let's cast off, shall we? Why not? What's to stop it? to watch then, Breaker. mile at the most. should see the shoreline soon. Not far from Belgium to England. Oh, same old channel. Need a long ride. Tony's better, though. Take a look at him. All right. Yeah, it's all okay. The old man's sleeping, as usual. Uh, how about Tony and the girl? Also, as usual. <laughs> Very bad case of love, Blakeness. She'll make a good wife for him. He can be proud to bring her home. And, uh, Speaking of home. What? Just see it now. That streak of silver up ahead. Moonlight on water. It's the channel. Soon we'll be on an English boat. Ah, 
Then on English soil, mm. sleeping in English beds, in English houses, oh. and eating English cooking. Oh, why, why do you have to spoil it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 